Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, a co-production of EWTN Radio and SpiritualDirection.com, where we provide you with a spiritual haven of rest and explore the riches of the wisdom of the saints and the path to union with God. Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio. This is Dan and Stephanie Burke. You're listening to your radio haven of rest. Your hermitage of the heart. Your monastery of the mind where we lift our hearts and minds to heaven to draw upon the wisdom of the saints to give us what we need, perspective, insight, to navigate the tumult of this difficult life. And today we're in a little difficult, different uh, configuration. Obviously, my voice is a problem, but Stephanie is in Dallas uh, with her parents. Dad just went through surgery, so she's taking care of him. And our son Jordan is in studio with me in case my voice disappears, but also he has a big part to play in the show today. And what we're talking about today is my latest book, which uh, I'm very excited to have out. I mean, I guess I might say that with all of my books, but I do have favorites and the last three are my definitely my favorites. But this book is very special, and I want to start our time together with Jordan. The book is entitled, of course, Finding Peace in the Storm, and the subtitle is Reflections on St. Alphonsus Liguori's Uniformity with God's Will, and the and this is the first book I've dedicated to Jordan, and it's because he prodded me to read and republish um, St. Alphonsus Liguori's great work uniformity with God's will. So why don't you talk a little bit, Jordan, about why that book was so important to you sure. and kind of how this all came about. At the time uh, it was introduced, the uniformity with God's will was introduced to me. I was going through um, probably secondary stages of reversion, but also going through kind of a really difficult time, a lot of tribulation and um, persecution in various different ways. And reading that book allowed me to understand the reasoning behind everything that was happening. And, and as you have titled this book, find peace in that storm, the storms that I was going through. Um, so I wasn't just being reactive to everything that was going on. It was, it was more of a, okay, this has a purpose. And because it has a purpose and I trust in God, then I can move forward and, and I can be at peace, even though, everything is still hard, I can still be at peace in the midst of all that. And the peace comes from what's the fundamental truth behind why Liguri helped you to find peace? Like, what's the one-liner? If everything is willed and permitted by God, willed or permitted by God, and God is a perfect loving Father, then everything that happens is okay. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know a more articulate way to say it yeah. than that. It's it's kind of like if A equals B and B, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's just like, if you understand that, I don't know, it, it makes everything a whole lot easier to, to comprehend and live out. If everything is willed and permitted by God, if I could summarize, yeah. and God is good yeah, and wills only the good for us, right? then it is in some sense good for us. Right. Right, right. And then the hard part, though, is yielding to that. Right. Because right. it's easy to say. It's easy to say. 
Did you have to read that text over and over again? I read it a couple of times, but the first time honestly was enough because Liguori is so clear. He has a gift of clarity mm-hmm. uh, and he's also very concise. I mean, the original book is only 32 pages, I think. Right. And I think we ended up, now my book, what I did was we ended up with uh, 118 pages right. or 114. And what I did was I went through it. What, so one, I didn't want it to be a spline. The book is so small, the original. Right. I didn't want it to be a spline that disappears in a bookcase. Right. That was one because when I read it, I went, oh, wow, I understand now why, you know, you thought it was so amazing. I didn't want it to be. So my question then was, well, how do I make this book more popular? But also when I read it, there were real obvious problems with the text um, in the sense that he wrote in the 18th century. Right. And he's very hard hitting. Right. <laughs> it, the person he wrote this to actually knew him. And so there was already a relationship, right? Right. So you have all these presumptions about the kinds of language. He's already hard hitting anyway. Right, right. And so uh, did you struggle or stumble over any of the the intensity language and the intensity or no i loved it yeah (laughs) i think it was necessary for me because i'm already kind of an intense person as is and so it was as it was as if he was cutting through all the nonsense and speaking exactly what i needed to hear and and again in that concise way that i really appreciate i mean he's called the most zealous doctor for a reason um but it's just so appropriately um or the way that he writes it's appropriately measured and Um, so yeah, no, I didn't have any issue with it. It was, it was very helpful for me actually. When you read it, did, was it easy for you to see where people would stumble or it was just all Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cause I, I I ended up talking about the book a lot. I bought, I joked that I almost bought tan out of all their copies because I was giving it away on Instagram and in person and all that kind of stuff. But I found that I, even I had to, um, I, I had to be careful with some of the things that I said, you know, one of the first lines in the first chapter, which we'll get to is is could probably shake people to their core if they just sat on that first line um and so you have to figure out a way to think about who you're talking to in the audience and say okay well let's talk about what he actually means by this yes it is true however you know you don't need to be distressed because of this reality yeah and that's why i so that's what i did in the book is i gave context examples and used uh with respect to concepts that would be difficult in language because he used it like older translations of the old Testament and even some newer ones, you know, we know theologically that God doesn't uh, will evil, right. You know, uh, directly will evil. And, but the old Testament has language like that, but what does it mean? It, it, in a more archaic use of the word evil is just bad. Mm -hmm. Or difficult is mm-hmm. even the easier difficult one to understand. Is, yeah, the more, the more. So where those things emerge, I tried to give some context, but then also provide some more reflection right. for application. Every chapter has questions. So Steph, to jump out to you, I know you were excited about this coming out too. How has the concepts in this book, you know, I don't know where you want to go with what what's, what's the Lord has on your heart, but what what's what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think what strikes me, and this is something that that Jordan was talking about, about the direct language of it and, you know, how intense it can be. 
for anybody going through a storm, you know, so if we think about the image of Peter on the boat, right, and he's surrounded by the waves, because that's what this is alluding to, finding peace in the storm, and peace is a person, you know, it's the Lord, it's Jesus, and, and so in the midst of that storm, we can hardly hear ourselves think. Right. The, the noise in our head, the, everything that's happening around us, the intensity of our, um, our emotions, the adrenaline that's pumping through our bodies, you know, how do I get out of this mess? How did I get myself in this? What, what's going on? Where is God in this? Oh, you know, it's, it's this crying out, right? In the, in the noise of that, we need the clarity. We, it's like a beacon of light. It's like a lighthouse that says, go this way. We don't need a lot of words. We don't need a lot of flowery language. It's like, I'm here. I'm here. Have faith. Don't take your eyes off me. Keep walking. Don't take your eyes off me. Have clarity, you know? So uh, I, I found that to be incredibly powerful in this book. And, and um I loved Jordan's intensity about it. You know, he's passing them all out. And he says, you got to read this. You got to read this. So, you know, the original version, even in its, uh, with its antiquated language, you know, I read it in an hour, I think, on a Sunday afternoon. And, and it is, I, you know, I share the passion for it. It's incredibly helpful. It, it's up there with uh, searching for and maintaining peace, you know. Jacques Philippe. Of, yeah, Father Jacques Philippe and, um you know, Cousade's uh, um, uh, abandonment to divine providence. So, uh, but this one, you know, I, I think it's going to be really helpful for those who, who want to just dive in and read those reflections that you've put together on this. And it's, it's really, um, I think one of your giftings, Dan, is bringing clarity and, and simplicity and not making it complicated, making it very accessible to us uh, common folk and and so that's that's really helpful so it's truly going to help people find peace in prayer so if you come in in the middle of the show we're talking about my latest book it's called finding peace in the storm and the sub uh, it's the subtitle is reflections on saint alphonsus liguri's uh, uniformity with god's will a little more of the context of why i was motivated to do this Stephanie mentioned two other works, which are extraordinary, Searching for and Maintaining Peace by Jacques Philippe and uh, Sacrament, Sacrament of the Present Moment by Jean-Pierre de Cossade. And those two, actually searching is kind of uses the Sacrament of the Present Moment primarily. I read that over and over and over, Sacrament of the Present Moment, when I was going through hell, my own hell, mm. my own you know conversion and my own working through junk and sin and all that other stuff. And as Stephanie said, it did clear the smoke. But what I found I needed to do, and I that's why I asked you if you'd read it more than once, is I actually had to, li I listened to it over and over oh, yeah. on audio. Yeah. And then I read it over and over. I found every translation <clears throat> because I found that the way I thought was contrary to God's truth but it was so i mean for me i thought so contrary and i, I was so and i think it's, it's part of growing up in abuse where you are always trying to control your environment and so right. you become the god of your little universe mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and relinquishing that to the real one was incredibly difficult for me. Um, we're about to come to a break, but maybe after the break, I don't know if some of this is resonating with you or sure. Stephanie, you guys could talk about it. And how do we, I, I, I guess, you know, I'm, my instinct is to tell readers, be ready to read it more than once and be ready to do the work at the end of every chapter because that'll help to really solidify it for you. Meet in small groups, talk it through, and you'll get the most out of it. So um, when we come back from the break, more of Finding Peace in the Storm, Reflections on St. Alphonsus Gregorius University, Uniformity with God's Will. The beautiful fact that no suffering is wasted, that all suffering has a purpose, and to wrestle with the idea, which is that everything that happens in our lives is either willed or permitted by God. Okay, God, why would you permit these things? I know that you're a good father and you're a loving father. So there's something there. So I, I have to bridge this gap between your permission of my suffering to your love for me as a father. And Uniformity with God's Will, the book by, by St. Alphonsus Liguori, bridges that gap. And he explains as only he can, because he's such a hard hitter, the reality that these are all moments of growth of virtue of hey your legs are weak you're like a newborn deer you can't stand on your own we need to get you to stand on your own you know those sorts of things even even desolation you know the day-to-day kind of the ebbs and flows of the spiritual life those things are all permitted for a greater good whatever that might be check out the brand new updated version of uniformity with god's will titled finding peace in the storm with commentary by dan burke Dan, Stephanie, and Jordan Burke, uh, our oldest son, whom we are very proud of. Welcome back to Divine Intimacy Radio, talking about finding peace in the storm. So, I don't know, before the break, we were talking about how... How many times you have to read the book. Yeah. So, it over yeah. And over. yeah, well, and I think that is important because really, truly living out uniformity with God's will is a process that takes place over time in, in order to perfect uniting your will with God's will which none of us here have perfected, right? But we've been working at it and it becomes easier. And that takes a lot of time. So I would agree and say that people should probably read it more than once. I think, you know, I don't, I, I'm sure that I did read the original more than once, but I know that the first time was enough to get that nugget in my head that said, everything is either willed or permitted. And then I would just meditate on that because it just blew my mind to read it the first time. I'm thinking, what does that mean? What does that look like? How does that apply to my everyday life? And then I'm sitting in, you know, I'm, I'm aware. I'm in, it's, it's almost like sacrament of the present moment. You're in the present moment thinking, okay, where's God at in this? So yeah, it's a process. No one's going to get it on their first go round. Um, but it is, it, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not articulating that well enough, but it's, yeah, it's worth if, reading multiple times. Ab absolutely. And I think, um, you know, for, for our listeners, what does it look like if our will is not in alignment with God's will? You know, what are, what are some of the indicators that our will is not in alignment with his fear, anxiety, uh, controlling anger, outbursts, irritation, uh, irritation, frustrations, you know, you, you make a list, right? 
everything that's the opposite basically of Galatians 5. And, and so in, in that process, if, if we're going through those things, whatever it is, if it's down to, um, you know, trying to get the technology hooked up this morning to uh, putting gas in my car, to trying to pay my bills, to my, the relationship with my kids, my spouse, my in-laws, my, my parents, whatever it is, right? If there's angst and difficulty in there, the Lord's doing something and it's rubbing up against me. I don't like it and I'm, and I'm reacting to it. That's an indication that my will is not released to God's will in that because right. he works in and through the situations, the trials in our lives, the individuals in our life. I mean, there is no mistake that Jordan was, you know, is in our family. There's no mistake that I'm married to Dan. It's all willed by God. And so in this relationship, this one or a broader family or whatever, everybody's families, situations come up that indicate that are challenging us to surrender to God's will, you know, right. that are challenging us at every moment to grow in virtue and to die to our own self-will so that the Lord can do what he wants to do. Because why does he want to surrender to his will? Because his will is perfect. And that will is going to bring us in alignment with who he's calling us to be. So it, it's not, you know, people think of it as, as being weak or caving in or, you know, um, fatalism. yeah, fatalism or I just have to give up or whatever. That's not what that is. It's actually extraordinary docility and meekness, um, humility to surrender to God's will and to allow his will to be done in whatever circumstances happening so that we can grow in virtue, so his love can reign, so unity can reign. And so it's, it's just an extraordinary, extraordinary well, gift. Um, so it's even more important now, you know, because you, you mentioned it kind of in the introduction to the book. But at the time that we're at, not to date this podcast, but there's a whole lot of stuff going on in the church and in the world as a whole. And the reaction that people are having is they're spinning out of control. And right. They, yeah. They're they, getting angry. They're right. They're saying despair. Things, they're saying things they shouldn't say. They're, you know, reacting ways that they shouldn't react. And you have right. to believe in the church and doing this and doing that. And it's and for us, you know, we're sitting here and not that we're perfect examples of this, but we've been living this long enough to say, you're not at peace. Yeah. <laughs> because if Can you were, I help you, right. Yeah. Because if you were, you wouldn't be responding this way. Right. You know, it's just God has willed or permitted this for what we don't know. And maybe we don't need to know. And maybe it's not our place to know. Right. But what we do know is that God is perfect and he loves us perfectly. And if he's allowing it to happen or permitting it to happen, it's necessary. It's necessary. You know, one truth related to like the the pivotal idea for you was willed or permitted, you know. Right. For me, it's the next step, which was therefore. If I'm angry, and I'm not condemning anyone, because listen, you know, I've had to go to confession a thousand times for this. If I'm angry or irritated, I am actually angry or irritated ultimately with who? God. Right. right. That one is like a smack in the face for me. There's no condemnation in that, in a sense with that, right? It's just an opportunity. So when I realize in the moment I'm getting irritated, and then I connect it with that theological truth. And then I go, okay, I'm off base. I have a choice. Right. Yeah. Do I yeah. repent and turn to him for mercy, which he's always ready to give? 
or do I you sort of dash myself against those rocks, which then just wreck me even more. And it just is sort of a stupid fest. You know, Dan, one of the, you used a word that's really important. You said it's an opportunity. I use the word invitation, right? So all those trials, difficulties, storms in our lives, all the stuff that's going on in the church, in our homes, in our families, in our, in the government, you know, whatever it is, those are all invitations to us to respond in a way that helps us grow in virtue or helps us to respond to God's will, to help us to respond in a way that's going to help others to help the situation. Because what you were talking about, this, you know, having to repeatedly take something to confession like anger, wrath, whatever it is, our pride. If, if we react contrary to God's will, we're contributing to Satan's plan. Yeah, We're contributing to all the chaos and the the destruction the division the the hurt and the pain we don't want to do that we want to do the opposite and we want to provide those bridges of peace and love and calmness if we become who he's calling us to be completely submitted to his will we become beacons of light we become um, other christ in the world which is what Christian means, Christian means little Christ. So if I'm to be a little Christ in the world, then I'm, he's inviting me in those challenges to surrender, to, to allow myself to be crucified, to allow myself to be scourged, to allow myself to act, to uh, submit my agony to, to the Lord, to allow myself to be crowned with thorns, to ultimately allow myself to take on that storm and then i make it an offering to the lord through my suffering and when i make it an offering to him he can do something powerful in that yeah, and, it, and it really becomes something extraordinary i want to add you know to counteract this the fatalism thing related to exactly what you said what in essence we're doing is joining with him right. in his work of salvation and redemption of us and the world right. yes we're saying Okay, I, my plan is not good because my plan is to act like a little baby in this moment because, you know, I, I, just to contrast two funny incidences on our property here at the home base of the Avila Foundation. One day I was trying to get a pipe from a, a place that they sent me an email and said it was there. I had very little time. I'm heading out of town. And I find, and I'm heading there and I thought I better call and it's for a drainage system. And uh, it's, they said, it, the email said it was there. They can't find it on the phone. I start getting mad. I didn't treat them poorly, but my anxiety went from a three to like a seven. I had to pull over after like my guardian angel or something said to me, permitted or caused, you know, just like you said, which caused me to pull over. Now, I repented. I said, sorry, Lord, you know, I'm trying to get too much done. I'm racing around, whatever. Please help me to come to peace. It didn't. I didn't for hours because I got too worked up. The other day, a contrasting situation is one of the wheels fell off of my side by side out here in the property. And I was in a much better place. Yeah. And I just, and I had a whole day planned and it wrecked my whole day. And it was in the morning. 
but I did, it didn't come off when I was going 20 miles an hour. Thank God it came off when I was going like two, yeah, yeah. I was turning a corner. So it's a great contrast. One was total peace. Okay. That it's not your will. I get all this done that I had planned today. The other was a lack of peace, which took me hours. And the, the problem when we don't submit is we leave his presence. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest issue. So instead of the day that my tire fell off, I joined with him. The right. day that I couldn't get my stupid pipe, which is as inconsequential as anything and dumb to be irritated about, that day I wasn't joining with him. Thankfully, I did think to offer it up, which is helpful to do. Right. So. Yeah. And and one comment on that, on, on join, you know, stepping out of God's will and out of his presence is when we voice through cursing, frustrations, um, whatever that is, the stuff that comes out when we're upset and we step out of God's will, the enemy actually feeds on that. Right. He feeds on it. And we've heard that from exorcists, you know, and, and through our studies. We don't want to do that. We don't want to, we, we want to stay in a place of peace where we're veiled under Our Lady and, and we're in this place where the Lord can then actually do something extraordinary through our offering of that suffering, that frustration, whatever it is. So, Well, it's not even just the small things, you know, like a tire falling off, not that that's a small thing, or the pipe, which was a smaller thing. But if people can apply this kind of, this this truth, this theological truth, to even the, the major hurts. Divorce. Have, right. Cancer the, diagnosis. The objectively painful, objectively evil things that have happened to people. When you're victimized. It's really hard to wrap your head around, but I've been there. And when you can finally understand, okay, God is working through this somehow, that is the only way that you're going to start, in my opinion, that you're going to start experiencing any healing with regarding what you're yep. going through. Amen. I agree 100%. So as we're coming to the end of the show today, please uh, go pick up a copy of Finding Peace in the Storm. What's very cool about this book, because God has graced me with selling hundreds of thousands of books, Barnes and Noble and Books a Billion have picked it up. So you can find it there. Of course, EWTN's religious catalog is always the best place to find anything Catholic. Um, SpiritualDirection.com as well. But I'd strongly recommend it's 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 for our time. Yeah to resurrect Liguri's wisdom, that you pick it up and start a small group. We even have free training out at apostoleva.org and somebody who spends all their time helping people to start small groups with a small group guide and videos and all of that. Please help others in the church find peace, find the Lord in the midst of all this struggle. Because if we don't, we're gonna lose people. We don't need to do that. And we can know his peace. And with that, Jordan, why don't you take us out? Until next time, may the God of peace make you perfect in holiness. May he preserve you whole and entire, spirit, soul, and body, irreproachable at the coming of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Learn more about the interior life. Visit spiritualdirection.com. Divine Intimacy Radio is a co-production of EWTN Radio and spiritualdirection.com and heard worldwide on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.